0: we decided to um, celebrate Christmas early. So we did the Christmas traditions of going up to Fredericksburg and seeing the lights up there and letting the kids ice skate. And then we uh, went over to Johnson City after dark and saw all the lights at the Pernanales Power Company and took pictures and ran around and played tag. And it was just fantastic. So Christmas was done yesterday morning for our family. All the presents had been done. The kids had opened up They've celebrated, and we're excited to go to New England, where they'll probably get two more Christmases from each side of the family. <laughs> so I was going to Target because I'm crazy. <laughs> and um, I was trying to get some last-minute things for what's going on in the church. And so, you know, the, the shopping was done, and yet I still felt like I needed to buy something. It was the weirdest thing ever. And, you know, in this church, we believe that uh, we're naturally supernatural. So some of it is just like the hustle and bustle. And some of it, I think, is also spiritual, that, that there's actually a spirit that causes us to, to go into debt, to ruin ourselves, to spend for the sake of spending, and also to try to express love through money. And it just can't be done. There's a lie that says that you can express love through money, buying presents, it's a lie. We don't do that. We express love through love. And if it comes in the form of money, then great. So, after all that, last night we, uh, as a sidebar, I want you to know, because I'm getting emotional already, that uh, I'm probably fighting a stomach bug of some kind and a fever that I'm not going to collapse or anything like that. But I'm feeling pretty weak this morning. And I'm just wondering, naturally, supernatural, what the Lord is doing because I'm on the verge of tears. And I don't know why, except that today is all about love. Today is all about love. And you may be coming here in the hustle and bustle of Christmas. You may be coming here anticipating that Christmas isn't going to feel all that loving. And I want to let you know that God is here. And it sounds trite, but the truth is, he is all the love that you need. (sighs) Growing up in our home, it was, um, my parents fought some, and uh, especially around the holidays, finances make things tight and raise your hand if that ever made you stressful, get into an argument with someone you love. Yeah. And so I remember as a teenager, I was laying in bed, listening to the yelling, overwhelmed. And in my heart, just yelling at God, wondering, like, if you're real, what's going on here? Why aren't you going to settle things down? This is is horrible. I can't remember all that I said, except at one moment, the Holy Spirit fell on me in a way that rested my tongue. It was like I couldn't speak at all. And I heard audibly for the first time, John, I'm all you need to know. Friends, real love, modeled for us, revealed to us, touching us, changing us, fixes the love problem of the heart. I'm going to say that again. Real love, modeled for us, revealed to us, touching us, changes us, changing us, it fixes the love problem of the heart. We believe as a church and as a movement all around the world of Vineyard Churches, That God is real. And we get to live in this expectancy, this tension of knowing that there's war going on and political warfare in our country and all kinds of stuff going on, and yet God's kingdom is at hand. We live in that tension. And this Christmas, I want you to know that no matter what you're feeling, no matter what's hurting, that God is here. God is here. God proved this to some of the least likely characters in all the scriptures. The shepherds, the dirty ones, the outcasts, the not so smart, the bad off financially, those guys. And I want to read to you just how that happened in the Christmas story. This is Luke chapter two, verse one. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns, of register for the census, and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child, Jesus. And while they were there, the time for her baby came to be born. She gave birth to a firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging for them in the inn. You parents, I see a lot of parents in here with young children. Could you imagine? You're on a trip going to see family, it's Christmas time. I mean, then they're making Christmas time. (laughs) And you can't make it. And that baby decides to come, and you've got to find somewhere to have this baby. And in Mary and Joseph's case, the inn was full, and so what's probably happening is that there's a basement, generally where the animals are kept. And in that basement... There was a horse trough, a manger. And in that horse trough, they built it up to be a bed for Jesus. I'm going to keep reading, and you're going to hear manger a lot. And I want you to pay attention to it. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, "'Don't be afraid.'" He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. Bad enough for the shepherds who just know sheep. And sleeping, camping, and all of a sudden, a transformer sized figure (laughs) glowing with who knows how many wings and power and light gives them a message that says, Don't be afraid. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then what happens? The angel was joined by a vast host of others. And this isn't just any angels. Hear this. This is the armies of heaven. The armies of heaven are declaring over the shepherds, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Can you imagine the U.S. military coming to your door, the size of Transformers, glowing like anything, like you've never seen before, and saying, isn't it nice for you that God likes you? Well, when the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Of course they did, because they didn't want to (laughs) die. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God, for they had all seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them Did you see that special artifact in the story again? That M word, the manger? Why on earth would Luke want us to pay attention to such a thing? One of my favorite theologians explains it like you're talking to a dog and you're pointing, telling the dog, go over there, and all the dog can do is point at your finger. This story is just like that. Over and over again, Luke is saying, the manger, the manger, the manger, the manger, the manger. And we're looking at everything else. But the most loving act of a loving God to some outcasts in a field who never would have been involved with the armies of God got a special gift for Christmas. Shepherds know what mangers are. They know where animals feed. And so if Jesus had come in a golden throne in a palace, what's the likelihood that they would have approached? And if they approached, what's the likelihood that they would have seen that this Jesus was for them? Very low. So instead, God orchestrates this thing, which you moms know has got to make Mary really uncomfortable And Joseph, too. There's some of you that have made plans for your families and then they fall through and you are out of luck. And here they are. And why? So that those who didn't know the love of God, that wouldn't see the love of God, that wouldn't be noticed by those who were trying to follow God, God got a hold of. And He said, I'm all you need to know. And I know you, and this is for you. This is your God. This is your place. This is your redemption. The angel armies are for you. God's favor is for you. You are not out there alone anymore. I love you, and I always have. It's not the only example that God's done this. The Bible's full of examples where God gets personal Just because he loves us. Over and over again, if you were to read the scriptures, what you'd come away with, if you didn't hear any preaching, I mean, mine's fine. But if you just went into a closet and read the scriptures and you had never heard of God before, what you would come out with is a deep expectation that God speaks. He speaks personally and he speaks lovingly for our good. This is what God is doing for us in this season. He's choosing us. He's picking us out in special moments that only he can do. Because he orders the angels. If God can order one angel sent to his shepherds. If God can order a host of the armies of heaven for the shepherds. I know that this season, God can do something for you. That's what he's about. That's what he loves to do because he loves you. That's all. He just loves you. It is the Christmas quest of every heart to love and be loved unconditionally in return. The Christmas story assures us that we begin our lives loved and we will end our lives loved by God himself. There are some of you that have come today, and uh, this season's not so fun. This past week, I I oversaw, I presided over two funerals for families that didn't have churches, they didn't have pastors. And so every once in a while, they call on me to do them and uh, the funeral home. And walking with these families, knowing that the Christmas season is here, and they're also having to bury their moms, was heartbreaking. It's important if God's unconditional love is guaranteed for us, if God's love for us is so special that we not just embrace the pain of what we've lost in the season, embrace the pain of going through Target looking for love in all the wrong places. (laughs) Embrace the pain of what the season can be for some financially and otherwise. And not just feel like you can... Jump over it with the power of God. We're not jumper overs. There's a better word, but forgive me. The love of God doesn't avoid pain. The love of God swallows pain. The love of God reaches out to shepherds like you and me and invites them in to victory and tells them that there's an army of God set aside for them because God loves them. This is the Christmas story. 1 John 4, 9 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us And sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. 1 John continues in chapter 4 God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And I'll add, and God is for them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment at the end of our lives, but we can see him face to face. We can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Put in horse troughs, in emergency deliveries, so that the unlovable would be loved. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear if we're, a fear, if we're afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And this shows that we've not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. This is the reality of our God, who's come to us in the middle of whatever we're going through and says, in the most practical, abundant, and powerful ways, I love you. And I'm not going to stop. And I've got an angel army that's going to pursue this love of you to the ends of the earth. And isn't it good that you know that God loves you? Isn't it good that the armies of God are for you? Well, let's live in to true love. In order to live into true love, I want to share what I think false love is. And you may have experienced it now and you may experience it in the future, false love reminds us of what we don't have. If you've experienced a love that causes you to feel scarcity, it is the complete opposite of angel armies dedicating their service to you. In Jesus, you are enough. And his love is enough for you. False love keeps love inside. Anybody ever struggle with this? You know that love has to be shared, especially with a family member that maybe you don't like. Well, then you know that your love hasn't been refined to true love yet. Because true love reminds you of the love of God in your life first, so that you can pour out love to those who need it. Can I just say there's been a couple of instances over this last week where I've become so proud of you, church, as a community where you have shared love where it wasn't deserved because you have received love first. You've lived it out, and it grows a deeper, more vibrant, and more powerful community when you do that. False love makes love transactional. I'll give you love, but only if you give me this love. Friends, don't let anyone ever tell you that love will only be shared in a transaction. Only if. Don't rely on that love. That's not true love. Now, unfortunately, because of the world we live in, I need to make a little caveat here, that abuse happens. And this is part of abuse, people using love against one another please don't succumb to that abuse. Please leave. Love doesn't mean committing to being abused, especially during the holiday season. We lean into God's love, that he'll take care of us, not love that comes in transaction as part of abuse. I think I've written this one wrong. False love is overcome by fear? No, I haven't. False love is overcome by fear. If you've ever been in this place where you know God's love exists and you know it needs to be shared, but you become afraid, that's not the love of God. God's love breaks through fear. False love stays distant. It protects itself from the consequences of love. It holds back. It's afraid. But true love, the qualities of true love, is that it patiently waits, and it waits for that time when God is welcoming you to love the other person with his love. I was so proud of someone this week. They just, they went into this time of prayer, and it was just hours of receiving the love of God so that they could pour out love the way that it needed to happen. This is what it's all about. It patiently waits We wait to receive God's love. We take time. Maybe it's listening to Christmas carols. Maybe it's reading the gospel story in Luke about Christmas. Maybe it's just sitting with Jesus and allowing him to tell you that he's all you need to know. True love from God patiently waits. True love from God is given away freely, especially to you, you who feel like love isn't deserved in your life. Raise your hand if you're a sinner. Saved by grace. The saved by grace part is how most of you don't respond. Like, nah, I'm just a sinner. I don't really deserve God's love. God's love is given away intentionally and universally. The gospel of Jesus is not for some. The gospel of Jesus, his love, the announcement that he is for us is for everyone. It's why we don't choose to go Christmas caroling only to Christians' houses. It's why we don't just give out Christmas cookies if they have a cross in the window of the store. Are you kidding? This love is too big for just Christians. This love is for the whole world. True love is given away freely, and you know what? Because that true love is given away freely, it can't be stolen or protected. Friends, do not be afraid that your religion is going downhill. Do not be afraid that you're losing the battle on love. It cannot be protected. It cannot be stolen, and if any proof is there for you, look at China, who next year will have more followers of Jesus than the United States. We receive a love, we live in a love, we give away a love that goes above any other principality, that goes above any problem. It cannot be stolen and it cannot be protected. It is meant to be given away and it's given away by the power of God, which cannot be stifled. Because of that, true love is grounded in hope. It's grounded in hope. Our love doesn't get expre- expressed hastily. It doesn't go to this place of thinking, "Oh, they're probably not going to—they're—they're ex- they're, they're not going to receive my love." It's, it's. no—the love of God that's announced by angel armies. <laughs> it's grounded in hope that that army will win the day. That's what we live into. And true love gets proximate. Instead of love staying distant, true love gets proximate. It leans in, in healthy ways. It asks for God to move in the hardest places so that love can break down any wall. This is the power of the Holy Spirit that's revealed to us that tells us that God is love, that tells us that Jesus has died so that love could be empowered to us. The Holy Spirit is here revealing his love for us so that in this season, we don't live in a love that's fearful or distant, transactional, kept inside, reminds us of our scarcity. Instead, we live into Christmas with open hands. And so Ephesians 5 says, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us. I know right now in this moment that God is pursuing some of you with his love, and there's things that are going on that are cracking places where you've been trying to protect yourself from God's love, and I just want to welcome the Holy Spirit right now to do what he does, which is shower you with love. Would you stand with me as you have the power? Come, Holy Spirit, and demonstrate your love to us right now. For some of you, this will need a bit of a prompting, and that prompting could sound something like, God, would you show me how you love me. And let's just wait. There's a second prompting I think that God is asking us to have, which is, God, would you show me how you love others? Come, Holy Spirit. Now, in response to that love, there may be some of you that have never been really ready to surrender to God. You've been afraid that that kind of love might be transactional or fearful or distant, reminding you of what a sinner you are. It's not God. So I want to lead us all in a prayer that surrenders to this love. And it's up on the screen for you in Spanish and in English. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Would you just lay it down? Surrounded by God's love. And together could we say, please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your Spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If yes, you this morning, we will have prayer teams for you in this front corner ready to pray for any physical, emotional, spiritual need. If you're needing God to envelop the pain that's arisen during Christmas, then God will do that. And if you need help, those prayer teams will not give you any advice about it. They'll just welcome God with you to do that. This morning there was also a prayer team that was risking into hearing God for you. It could be that a couple of you needed to be told that God was looking out for you this morning. And so we risk, and we put up on the screen, premature babies, anyone who is born with developmental problems, and women with difficult pregnancies. This is for you. Please don't leave without taking the opportunity to receive prayer. We believe that God is here, that he's present, and he loves you enough to call out your name. Would you receive this blessing? That you would go out in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled deeply with his love. That you would not have any fear, but you would go out confident that God loves you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.